Welcome to another edition of. Hey, you shitting me? I'm sorry. It? Sorry, that was the New York version. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you shitting me? <laughs> A podcast that dives into random topics that may surprise and educate you, and maybe make you laugh along the way. That is indeed going to happen today. I am one of your hosts, Brett. And I am Aaron, and today we are talking about our favorite subject, beer. As you know, if you've listened to us at all, we open a beer every episode, and we both are really excited about having episodes specifically dedicated to beer, which is exciting. So, uh, yeah. Um, It is exciting. I am definitely looking forward to this. This has been one that's just been talked about and talked about by you and I and by others. We got feedback almost right away from people saying, hey, have you ever considered doing a beer episode? And I think when we first started out in the back of our minds, we thought, yeah, we do one someday, but we really didn't give a lot of thought to it. And then when people started asking for it, we thought, oh, okay, let's just do one. So here we are. And also it's Oktoberfest. And so I guess in honor of Oktoberfest and, and this being a beer episode, we're going to be doing a little something different this time. We are actually going to be reviewing three beers throughout three. the episode yeah, here for you. Yeah, three beers. It may get crazy. It may get a little slurry towards the end of the uh, the episode. We'll see how we go. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) we make uh, no promises. You mentioned Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest is currently going on. It started on September 16th and ends October 3rd. Yeah, we'll jump into Oktoberfest here with some interesting facts. Let's start us off, though. What are we drinking first? Let's get something going here before we jump right into it here. All right. So, first, we have Ainger, a Bavarian Pills out of Eying, Germany, and Eyinger Brewery out of Eying, Germany. <laughs> How much have you drank already? I haven't even opened mine yet. <laughs> you know what? Foreign names don't mm. always work for me. Yeah. But Oh, wow. That's got a rich, malty taste to it. Very, very hefty in the malt and uh, mouth kind of feel there. Okay. Got a nice color. Smells really good. Ah, that is very clear. Mm-hmm. Mine is clear as well. Wow. That's really impressive. It's got, got a good head on it. It's got good action uh, carbonation. Not a lot, but it's got good carbonation. Good action, did you say? Yeah. <laughs> it's got action. It's, is that it's a alive. Yeah, it's man. Got action. Isn't that one of how they rate beers, isn't it's it? It's got, got kung a- fu grip. <laughs> 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 Motherfucker, that's um, a removable sword. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Pilsners, but considering that this was imported and brought in just for us, this is pretty dang good. Yeah, I actually do like German kind of Pilsners and uh, ales and uh, wheat beers. Those are, I think, my favorite of the non-stouts. Yeah. Generally, if I'm not drinking a stout, I'm drinking something like this. Uh, So this actually hits pretty nicely for me. So this is a... uh, as I mentioned, it's a Pilsner from Germany, 5.3 ABV and 32 on the international bittering units. So I guess since it's a beer episode, ABV is the um, average. Alcohol by volume. By volume. Thank you. Alcohol by volume. That's what I was trying to say. Not average. Yeah. Alcohol by, let's <laughs> just start that at, start that over. Action by volume is really what it is. <laughs> ABV. How much Kung Fu grip does this thing have? Alcohol by volume, 5.3. Alcohol by volume, yes. 32 bittering units, international units. Bittering unit, by the way, is if you brew, that has a lot to do with the hops. Hops has a nice bitter quality to it. The more hops is in it, the more bitter it is. If you drink IPAs, you're very familiar with very hoppy beers, whereas uh, Bud Light is not a very hoppy beer. That's a very low bitter type of thing. We're talking about bittering. That's what that is. Yeah. I typically not a big fan of beers that are high in IBUs. Did you ever brew a like a Pilsner or any of these kind of German style beers? I, closest would be like a Hef. I did a Hefweizen, and yeah. it, it was no, it's not true. I did a Dunkel. Oh, I remember that one you did actually. Yeah, it was decent. Yeah, I think it was decent. I don't remember. Sorry, decent. But yeah, what about you? I brewed a Hef one time, and it was my favorite beer I brewed. It was a lot of fun, actually, because my buddy was teaching me how to brew, so I was, it was very early on in my brewing experience, and 
he had gone through the whole process of actually finding this recipe that was a, an older recipe from the German, and he found like the water profile and even got his water to that same profile as the area as well. And then the type of brewing and the, the process that he used was very similar to what they had done in the past. And it was really cool. Uh, a lot of experience, a lot longer. It took longer uh, to do. But when it came through, it was very clear and super tasty. A lot of the flavors came out, uh, more so than what the normal brewing, like when I do our normal brewing that we do in our stainless steel setup here. I don't know. It just had more of the flavor come through. Yeah. Also. I know some of the serious uh, home brewers will do that where they'll match the water profile from wherever <laughs> if they're doing a clone beer, which yeah. if you don't know what that is, it's exactly what it sounds like folks trying to do your own emulate. Yeah. Your own version of a beer and you want to get it as close to it as possible. And yeah, like the only way to do that is to get the same water profile and pH balance and all that good stuff. And yeah, I never got that far. It's fascinating. Yeah, I never did either. I, we actually have pretty decent water where I live too as well. So it's, uh, I never had any kind of like flavor creep into there to where to the beers I brewed anyway. Yeah, so. it's part of the whole science of brewing, which is so right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just get right into it. So beer. I was never a huge beer drinker. I guess in college I, I drank a little bit. It wasn't really until almost my 40th birthday when I got a uh, homebrew kit that I started kind of actually drinking beer and exploring beer more. And I think at the same time uh, as a lot of these craft breweries and, and beers started to pop up uh, a little bit. So I was getting into it just as that beer explosion that happened in the 2000s. Uh, prior to that, Rolling Rock, Coors, Bud Light, things like that was pretty much my go-to. But I didn't explore a lot of other beers besides that. Guinness, maybe, uh, I, I'd had. A yeah, beer, so. Guinness was my first experiment with stouts. But as previously mentioned, it was the Honey Brown Ale. That was my first craft beer. And if you can call it craft beer now, but yeah, that was mine. Yeah. Once I got into beer, of course, I grew the uh, the obligatory beer gut, <laughs> as, as, as we do. Yeah. But interesting enough, what I found out when I was doing some research is beer gut actually has nothing to do with beer drinking at all in a roundabout way. It's not caused by beer. Beer does not give you the beer gut. Yeah, I always it thought it was like all, all the carbs and whatever. Right, the, the calories, whatever, it doesn't break down enough and it just, just stores only as fat or something like that. Right? right. Surprisingly enough, there's actually some health benefits to beer that I had discovered and I thought that was really interesting. And one of them talks about the beer gut. It's actually not to blame the beer. It's the, ha the fact that the ingredients and the, the combo of, of the ingredients actually stimulates your appetite. And so... As we do, we go out to drink, we order a beer, we just munch on peanuts, crackers, and pretzels, and potato chips, Pizza. and things like that. Pizza. All that stuff. All that stuff that goes well with the beer. It's not a coincidence that it goes well. Your appetite's being stimulated when you're enjoying these beers, and you want to eat more, which I think goes along with, honestly, alcohol, and probably and, drugs, and everything else, and, too. You get all that stuff. Well, uh, and stimulates being the munchies. social. Yeah. Being social, drinking beer obviously is a social activity, and so is eating. Often yeah. they go well together. Right. They, they're hand in hand for sure. Some of the other health benefits that I've discovered in moderate use, of course, but I got to preface that we don't recommend anyone uh, going and chugging uh, a beer and going and doing anything besides just. If, if, I guess you're going to drink that hard, stay home and do it. It does reduce your risk of kidney stones. It helps combat coronary heart disease. It helps fight type two diabetes. That's a shocker. Um, <laughs> really? All those, all three of those: kidney stones, heart disease, diabetes. It just doesn't seem like a side effect of beer drinking, but I think it's alcohol in general. There's been tons of these scientific studies out there that say, like, a glass a day or or a beer a day or whatever else are actually not too bad for you. I remember my great-grandfather, I always hear stories about he lived to be 90-some years old, and he had a rolling rock every day in his lunch, and that's what it was. I feel like there's a lot of negative connotations that go along with drinking alcohol and, sure. beer and and things like that, that. We just get hit with that from a very young age. Don't drink. Don't do this. Don't smoke. Don't do everything. We grow up as this taboo thing, and obviously one of those tactics used to try to steer you away from it as it's going to get you fat and you're going to gain weight, which you do, you see that, but it's obviously from other things as well. Yeah. Freshman 15, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
There's a lot of vitamins in, in beer, though. Vitamin B, specifically, vitamin B1, B2, B6, and B7. Bingo. Which, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. If you aren't familiar with your vitamin letters and what they do, vitamin B helps improve concentration. It supports red blood cell growth. It's got positive effects on cardiovascular system, stimulates metabolism, helps the nervous system function properly, all that good stuff. And those are a few of the things, not to mention, like you said, we become social animals. We're more social, more relaxed when we're around people. So it helps combat some loneliness and depression and yeah. get you laid or right. <laughs> dance a little better, right? Hey, might help. I mean, yeah, there you go. It <laughs> This is all subjective. Of course, I'm not saying we should go out and just have a diet of beer, uh, but I'm I'm saying maybe it doesn't quite deserve the bad rap it gets all the time as being a, as unhealthy for you as, well, as it is. I think there's probably positive benefits of having a little beer every once in a while. I think it's like with eating and maybe smoking and drinking. Obviously, moderation. Yeah, that's the key. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you really want the chocolate cake or whatever, go ahead, have it. But you shouldn't be eating the whole thing or Maybe you have that first and then right. do dinner afterwards. Is it too much of the kettle calling the pot black here by us saying we should do it in moderation whilst doing an episode where we're going to review three different beers at the same time? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> do as we say, not hey, as we do is what we're we, saying. <laughs> we are highly trained professionals. We're professional, this is right? not recommended for the lay person. Gosh. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. brewing's been around for thousands of years they think that back in babylonia they actually were brewing and that was like 6000 bc so oh, wow i didn't even realize it went back that far yeah they were using barley back then apparently and there's no bottles have been found so they weren't bottling i don't know who drink it right out of the swill right <laughs> put your mouth right on the keg that's the way to do right it right on the swill can so, yeah actually even Change stands <laughs> that's the way they did it in babylonia Actually, ancient Egypt, too. So, like, around 2400 B.C., there's art and images on tombs of beer. So, they were really? fermenting beer back then. And, in fact, the builders or the workers on the pyramids, they were given a daily ration of beer. It's estimated hmm. they were getting four liters of beer per day. And it was... Wow. Obviously, nutrition is there's some health benefits, as you mentioned. It, it's refreshing, especially in the desert. But yeah, yeah. they were paid in beer, which yeah. maybe that's why it took so long for the pyramids to be built. Dagger maybe that's how, that's how they they were able to get that stuff up. No problem. Give me ten beers of me, and I can push that rock up that right. hill. No problem. Right. You want me to build what? Yeah, no problem, dude. We can do it. <laughs> so beer in Egypt, uh, I didn't even realize that, but like. Monks did play a big part in the beer, right? Didn't they? Yeah. I had always heard that monks and monasteries took the lead for helping villages and people um, stay healthy. Specifically, they were doing this process of essentially filtering the beer or the, or the water that they were using for this beer. And this whole process actually made it healthier for people to consume than water. The Middle Ages, there were a lot of people who were getting sick, as, as we know, and a lot of that was through contaminated water. And so the monks were doing a service to, to the people, and they were brewing beer. Now, it's my understanding mm -hmm. that, that most of the beer that the monks were brewing was very low alcohol content, but nonetheless, still beer. What yeah. was cool about it is that they really fine-tuned the process of brewing beer right. and perfecting it. And so that, over time, has led to what we know to be beer now. And they, the monks and those monasteries, they still follow those practices that they had back from the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. Let's not discount the the nuns, too. They also brewed. So it was a, it was very much a tradition among at least the, the monasteries in general. yeah. But you're right. I heard that as well, that they really refine that process. And that's the process we use today still to brew, at least the combo, a little more scientifically done and probably better gear this time. But the same process is there that we use with the monks. Yeah. Kind of and it's the German uh, Reinheitsgebot. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce <laughs> it, but it's the purity law 
that was set actually dating back 500 years, but it was essentially the world's oldest food safety law, which is still in existence. It's actually a law that limits German beer brewers to just four ingredients in their beer. So it's malt, hops, yeast, and water. Yeah. Kind of cool. Wow. So they can't brew any kind of other stuff uh, in Germany. That's what you're saying. Their law says that now, or is that something that just... I, to be I, a, considered a, a true German beer, correct. it has to have those four ingredients. Correct. Gotcha. Interesting. Have you ever been to like Oktoberfest? I have not, but uh, you know, I definitely want to go. I so want to go. I think that'd be a blast. We should consider that. I actually have some thoughts on here. Obviously, we talked about doing a beer episode, and we mentioned earlier that because the Oktoberfest is going on now, that we should talk about it here. So this is some stuff about Oktoberfest. It's an annual festival in Munich. Germany, in case you didn't know that, it's a uh, two-week period. It ends the first Sunday in October. It's funny because every town has like the Oktoberfest party or something going on, some festival happening. And I always wondered, like, why the hell are they doing this in September? That makes no sense at all. <laughs> and, of course, I was not curious enough to go look it up oh, myself until well, I, just now. And oh, I figured so you did. Out, you like, found oh, it. That makes sense. You found yeah, it. Yeah, I did. Okay. So it, it, it's a two-week celebration bringing in the end of the harvest, which is October 1st, or recognizing the end of the harvest. So yeah. that's really what it is, leading up to that being October. Uh, we all know the in. weather's better in September than October. True. Why hold a big two-week festival <laughs> in October? It originated in 1810. It started out originally as a celebration of the marriage of the crown prince of Bavaria, who became King Louis I. His princess was Therese von Sachsenhildberghausen. <laughs> It was a festival and concluded five days after the marriage. There was a horse racing in an open area called Teresa's Green, or Teresen Weiss is really how it's pronounced. A year later, when they came back, they did another party here, and the race was combined with an agricultural fair, so they started introducing farmers and little farmer's market, things like that in there. Jumped forward seven years, and booths started serving food and beer as well, so that became a thing. And... Then by the 20th century, it was this huge, big festival, and every Munich brewery participates. I don't know if you've ever been like Bush Gardens or something like that where they had the big beer hall, but they would erect these temporary structures for the whole thing, these large beer halls that had plywood and, and everything else, but balconies and bandstands and everything else. Some of them like seated up to 6,000 people. Like They're huge, yeah, that's and it. that was just the big party. It gets, gets kicked off every year by the mayor of Munich. He taps the first keg, and then there's, a, there's parades, there's beard wagons, there's floats, there's costumes, there's dancing, and obviously beer. Now, to be clear, <laughs> the original parties were not like what we're seeing now. Not the size and the extreme partying. It's my understanding. It was still a good time, but it was not on yeah. the same level, and it's just grown and grown. Now it's just becoming a drinking fest. That's it's known basically for that. You see the pictures of the girls carrying like the eighty different beers, uh, huge gallon beers. At the Dude, I struggle time. holding like, two or three. Right? How are they holding twenty? <laughs> it draws more than six million people each year now to to the event, and so it's huge over the two weeks. You know, over the two weeks period. Yeah, yeah most wow. of them are tourists. Obviously, it'd be interesting to figure out how much of those, how many of those are Americans, because I feel like we've, I don't know romanticized it a little bit over here sure. made it something that this aspirational thing to go do yeah uh, i'm right there i'm guilty i did see that it's family friendly and kids are allowed to go and they have sections for the kids so it's really the entertainment the festival it's not just about mm -hmm. drinking beer the oompa music and yeah. bratwurst and sauerkraut and i'm in Niederhosen and everything i'm yeah. in yeah, that sounds kind of fun. I also I had read somewhere that there's not reservations. I think one of the tents takes reservations, but all the other ones are like first come first serve. So you go in, try to find a seat, stay all day, can. yeah, and <laughs> park I, and go. I don't know about all the beers, but I think some of them, compared to the ones that we normally drink, they're just a lower ABV, and so you can drink a little bit more and stay a little bit longer. We'll yeah, to, I we'll agree. Put that to the test and find out. Let's do that right now. Speaking of which, I think it's about time to open up our second beer. I actually finished our first one. It's gone. So yeah, <laughs> I'll drink that one quickly. Yeah, a little bit um, bitter for my, my tasting, but it was a good beer. Yeah, this one might be a little bit more, more appropriate. And this is obviously topical. I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy Pete for recommending this one here. This is the Oktoberfest beer. 
by Spottenbrau Brewery. They're from Munich, Germany. It's a 5.9%. And I'm assuming it's like a Pilsner. I've never had an Oktoberfest specifically type of beer. It's a Marzen. That I know of. Oh, it's a Marzen. Oh, I didn't see it on the bottle. Yep, it's there. Oh, yeah, right there. I need the label. Yep. Right uh-huh. in front of my face. It's, you've never had Spotten? I don't think I have. Uh, it's a solid beer. Oh, man. I, I love that. This is my favorite smell of a beer. It's that really rich, very malty hop kind of smell. This is the first kind of beer I really fell in love with. Now, see, to me, this is like what a frat house smells like the day after a party. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> that's why you like it. That too. Oh, we got beer all over the floor. But this is one of the first few beers that I fell in love with, I think, because it doesn't have a lot of... Not super hoppy. I'm still not a very hoppy fan of beers. I can enjoy an IPA now and then, but I'm just not a, I don't, it's not my go-to. This is definitely no hops. I definitely like more malt in it, but it's yeah. got a little sweet flavor too. And it's yeah. not super carbonated. That's good. <laughs> bitter, a little bitter, a little for, bitter you. for me. You know what though? Mm-hmm. So Spotten has, this is the Oktoberfest. There is a, I, I don't know, I'm gonna call it regular Spotten. I don't know if that's the actual name for it, but it is a really good beer on tap yeah i've never had it out of the bottle before but on tap it's damn good i could drink this all day i went through this a phase is, where this is my jam yeah i got a local place i just this is all i would get there until i got mm-hmm. spottened out but it's fairly clear too as well and definitely darker it's really good than that bavarian pills that we just had the yeah a and anger yeah yeah i dig it good long moving beer yeah I was, this is a, a summer beer for sure i know it says oktoberfest but i say it's really more of a september fest I'm, <laughs> kind of beer to me <laughs> right feels more september <laughs> i would say this is probably a solid beer from i'm gonna go with middle end of may through through october when, when does oktoberfest end the sixth <laughs> october yeah <laughs> october so this is good all the way through october folks yeah yeah, yeah. it does have a more of a fall feel to me though a little bit it definitely has uh, you guy. know what it is it's a tailgating beer I think it would yeah. be good tailgating. Yeah, I agree. Get some grilling some brats with this one here oh as well. Gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. Especially as you get into and, the college football games, you go tailgating or NFL or whatever and hanging out in the parking lot and yeah, like you said, having a grill and a beer, it's good. Yeah, I think it I like this beer. It just the first sip really got me. So <laughs> anyway. So far this is my favorite one uh, of the of the two. <laughs> of the two? Woo. Yes. All right. That's <laughs> we'll see. 50-50 chance. That was good. Hey, here in the U.S., we consume the most beer of any other place in the world. Really? No, that is not true. That is not true oh. at all. Maybe in Kentucky. Oh, you're going with some kind of a redneck joke, weren't you? <laughs> is that what you were doing? Not cool, Aaron. Not cool. Number one country in the world... That, that consumes the most beer per capita is the Czech Republic. Wow. They drink almost 37 gallons per person per year. Now, that's a lot of beer. And for those of you who'd like to know, it's about 140 liters. So that's a lot of beer. Yeah. Coming in at number two is Austria. But another shrimp on the barbie, 28 and a half <laughs> gallons of beer. Romania is coming in at third at uh, 26 and a half, followed by Germany and Poland. Both uh, Germany gets loses by half a gallon of beer. Guys need to up your game a little bit. What's going on? Right. Right. Nice. Yeah. Really, uh, I don't know, passionate beer drinkers out there in, in Europe. Where's the U.S. stand that list? I'm glad you asked, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so we consume approximately eh, almost a third of a gallon per person. We're, we're pushing a half gallon per person per week huh? in the U.S., which according to some quick math skills comes out to just a little over 20 gallons per person per year. Huh. Okay. My, yeah, you're right. Like, Czech is almost double that. 37 gallons, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Of course, my first question is, 
who out there is bringing down the average? What is going on? <laughs> Come on, people. Get your head in the We're game. We're doing our part here. <laughs> Three beers this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> so come on. Yeah. Step up your game. I, I he, guess there's nothing else to do in the Czech Republic, right? <laughs> Man, you're just trying to insult everybody today, aren't you? Just buying guns, man. Now, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing else to do there. Now, do you know the, by volume, country that consumes the most? Yeah, I got to say, I'm going to go with America again. You got to be number one here somewhere. We are not. We are once again losing this competition. So number one is China. I guess that makes sense. It does. They, They consume roughly 10 billion gallons of beer. Holy shit. That's a lot of beer. I don't know what the population like, of China is, but per capita, they're not even in top five. They, they got a little catching up to do as well. But yeah, this is apparently, and, and this is stats from 2021, but I assume it's probably still the same. They have consecutively for at least 19 years topped the list. So they've been number one wow. as far as most volume of beer consumed. And they actually represent a little over 20% of the global market. That's insane. Right. Wow. But it totally I makes did sense. do research. Yeah, I did dig into what the top states are. Well, I know state uh, consumption-wise, so that's cool. Um, I'm going to go with... New Hampshire. Oh, okay. New Hampshire. That was my first no, guess. Go ahead. No, <laughs> nope. That was my... I nailed it. First try. What do you got? What were you going to say? I was going to guess something like Texas. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was going to go with Texas or s- some state out there in the, the Southwest. But yeah, no, it's yeah, New Hampshire. Actually, I, I know that no, now. New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire, Montana, Vermont, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Those are the uh, top five states of alcohol consumption Interesting. by volume. In so the US. two from the Northeast and three from the... Yeah, yeah Dakotas mid- and Montana there. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I did see, by the way, Brazil is currently or was in third place for this competition, if it's a competition. Huh. Yeah. Now, you know which country produces the most beer? Mm, no. I'm going to go for U.S. again. One more time. Go for three. We are definitely in the top five. And some of this information, man, it, well, and we'll get to this i know but some of the information is hard to get consistent facts on and and we'll get to that in a moment but china brazil usa germany and russia which okay again china makes sense they got a lot of inhabitants a lot of people Inhab- yeah a lot of people there inhabitants all right so i don't know if i can name any kind of brazilian beer i don't know that i've ever tried one yeah, I definitely yeah, can't. If they're producing, well, I can't. I, I've heard of German, I know German beers and U.S. beers, and I've heard some Chinese ones. I don't know of a Russian. I'm sure there's Russian ones. I just don't know the name of any, but I can't think of any Brazilian Rasputin? beers. Either. Is that Russian? It maybe. I don't know. I know it was. It definitely had that. That was that stout, right? Yeah. Rasputin stout. Yeah, that's a good one. One of the first few stouts I got into too, as well. It's a good transitional stout. I agree. I agree. Dragon's Head Milk Stout was the one that mm-hmm. won me over as far as stouts. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. What I had found, there was a list of the top 10 bestsellers of beers. So this is the top 10 actual types of beers, not necessarily breweries or whatever else. Sure. So doing the countdown, Coors Light, which I guess that makes sense. We see that quite a bit. Corona. I, love, I do a big Corona. Yeah. Um, Yang Jing, which is a Chinese beer. Well said. I've actually had that one. It's a decent one. That is a good one. Harbin, which is another China one. I've not had that one. I've never had that one either. Heineken, the Netherlands. Yeah. That one's a good one. That one actually tastes like this Oktoberfest. Kind yeah. of reminds me of that. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Skoll, S-K-O-L, which is a Scotland beer. I've not had that one before. Me neither. That sounds good. Bud Light, mm. USA, Yay. number four. Yay. Uh, Sing Tao, which is a Chinese beer. So number three is that. Number two is Budweiser. Again, mm. USA. Have you ever had and the number Singtel? one is? I have not. No, huh? You? I have. I have. It's pretty solid. Good. And this other one, the number one is Snow, 
it's a Chinese beer as well, and I've never heard that one either. Yeah, Snow's the best-selling beer in the world. Best-selling beer in the world. Now, I wonder, obviously, we just talked about it. There's a huge population in China, and, and that's the favorite beer there, and then that makes a lot of sense. It totally um, makes sense. Just the same reason why Budweiser makes sense here in the U.S. It's it's a standard one that you know you can always trust and go to and go, all right, this is always going to be the same flavor, always going to be the same consistency. You know you can get it, and, and it, it, you can cook out to it and everything else. I'm sure Snow is the same is the Chinese Budweiser. Yeah. I And to be clear, these are best-selling beers in the world. Budweiser isn't only sold in the U.S. And that's why some of those are very popular. I That's what makes them in the top 10. But as we know, Bud Light and Budweiser are not as popular in the U.S. these days. At least among craft beer drinkers, I will say. I would argue that if you're not into craft beer, Budweiser and Coors Light and Corona are pretty much popular. That's what I always went to uh, whenever I grab stuff. But once you get into the craft beer world a little bit, you start to move away from some of those bigger companies. For sure. Um, well, you think you do anyway. Like well, we talked before, yeah. Goose Island is our favorite brewery, I think, across the board a lot of times. And that's actually an Anheuser-Busch. Exactly. Brewery, yeah, a lot of know? those, a lot of those big companies bought out a lot of breweries, and and that's mm -hmm. a big thing for a lot of the smaller breweries to trying to try to stay independent, and that's got to be right. tough though, because they come in, hey, we're gonna give you a billion dollars for this little micro brewery, yeah, yeah, like, I'd do it. I mean, Hell yeah, right? I, what? I can go start another five different breweries. Deal. Let's go. Yeah. Or the just, your life, just yeah. drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, actually, in the U.S., Modelo has become number one beer. Budweiser had their little marketing issues that caused a little backlash. And yeah, they, they fallen. They were number one for a long time in the U S and no mas. Hmm. See what I did there. Interesting. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Thanks. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. But I definitely prefer craft breweries, smaller breweries. I definitely the small family owned or whatever. I think the difference is with the major breweries like Budweiser and Coors and those things, they have to, like we mentioned, they own Goose Island, so they can still operate in this kind of craft brewery world a little bit. But most of their stuff is mass produced. And not, I'm saying it's in a bad way. It's just what it is. But like I mentioned, it's always consistent. It always lists the same color, same flavor, same profile. You can trust opening up a Coors Light to taste like every other Coors Light you've ever had. With the craft beer side of things, I think there's a lot of room for experimentation. There's a lot more room for just getting a little weird with it, and because you're not doing, you're not wasting millions of gallons of of water and and production doing it. You're talking eighty or a hundred gallon tank, and you can experiment with some of the things, which is why the craft beer world is so fun because you really do find some interesting things out there: chocolate beers and peach beers, and obviously the the bourbon barrel ones, which we love, are always out there. For sure. So I think that's a, a an interesting thing. And that, that whole craft beer explosion, which happened in the last 10 to 15 years, has been, I think, a good thing for the beer world. Yeah. Shook it up a little bit, gave it some new stuff, and I think opened a lot of people's eyes to what really could be out there as far as beer goes. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, like, 15 years ago, there was less than 1,500 craft breweries in, in the United States. And mm -hmm. now we're I'm pushing, like, 10,000 yeah, I, if we were if we were a little bit more into it at the time when we were in college, I think you, you and I probably would have started a brewery and be sitting and living the good life right now. Yeah, back then though, it was like Sam Adams. That was like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was it. But uh, yeah, I also tend to have one thing I like about the craft breweries too is like you can you because they are experimental, they do tend to have a little bit higher ABV and a little bit more body to them and things like that. I just like that kind of thickness to it and weight to it that really makes it tasty yeah we'll get to the ibv in just a second got an interesting little fact that we're going to share but i think one of the other before i forget one of the other things about the small breweries and craft breweries is the i'm gonna call it family like that it is a mm -hmm. good social environment community. yeah it is a community and i think we've seen it through covid unfortunately a lot of breweries didn't make it through covid but 
a lot of them were trying to help each other out, mm -hmm. help them weather the storm. But also, we can go play bags, we can go bring your dogs, whatever. And nobody's doing that at right. Budweiser, as far as I know. Right. But I, go ahead. I would encourage listeners too. If you, we got into Brett and I got into uh, beer a little bit, mostly because we got a brew kit and just jumped into it from there. And, and we both joined our local homebrew clubs. A lot of cities and a lot of states have homebrew clubs out there. And I think if you are interested in learning about beer and, and when they get into it, go join one. Even if you don't have a kit, the craft beer community is really very rooted in that homebrew kind of world. And I remember we had people who owned breweries and we had people who were just starting out. And it was so fascinating to learn how to do stuff, to be able to sit and watch what people are doing. Everyone's willing to share recipes, share tips and tricks tasting it hey this is something you should try next time this feels a little bit infected or or it's too uh hoppy or not hoppy enough yeah. it's a really cool way to get into it uh and generally there's a club in your area uh you can probably just go to facebook and just say homebrew club wherever you live yeah i know some clubs will do beer exchanges so you yeah. go and you buy a four pack of beers and you just want to try it like that's what i do all the time i just want to try one really but i have to buy four yeah and uh, yeah so you do a little exchange and switch out some beers and get to try new things. So highly recommend it. Yeah. So speaking of the ABVs, you and I, as you mentioned, we definitely steer towards the higher ABV percentages when it comes to beer. Did you see this snake venom out of Scotland? No. Right away. The name says something, but uh, it is the world's strongest beer. So oh, okay. it comes in at 67 0.5%. So, wow. To give you reference, like the, I think the highest that we've tried so far on, on this podcast is someplace to 14. Maybe we hit 15, but I don't even think we did. Mm. Uh, so, this beer is 67. Vodka is 40%. Typically, rum is right around 37%. So, this is twice rum. In fact, if you Google it, Snake Venom, it comes with a warning label oh shit it says literally this beer is strong do not exceed 35 milliliters in one sitting now in my head milliliters that's like a little like a medicine capful it's like, a little like, bit here like you're doing a shot and and even then i wouldn't recommend doing a shot of it but uh, yeah 35 milliliter that doesn't seem like a lot at all that's like a, a very small amount <laughs> it's just a <laughs> drink yeah but it'll kick your ass yeah like i said that is literally five or six times as potent as most of the beers that we enjoy. Did you know the beer is the third most popular beverage in the world? No. No. I guess it's in the top two. Is it like like produced? Just general in general, general beverage. Yeah, yeah. Water's gotta be up there, right? Yeah. Water is number one, wow, actually. Yeah, there you go. Followed closely by tea. Yeah, that's just pretty uh, much water. So hey, actually that makes water, sense. Water, tea, too. and beer. Beer is yeah. mostly water as well. Yeah. Speaking of that, I'm actually ready to open my third and oh, final beer here. How about too. you? Yes. This is one I've been really looking forward to this one. Yeah, so this third beer that we're going to be trying is, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, but I, I call it Hackershore. It's a, a wheat beer, Hefeweizen. Hackershore Weiss beer. So it is a 5.5, yeah, 5.5% ABV, 12 IBU. So... Unlike the other ones, it's going to be a little bit milder for us. Okay. I'm bored of this one here. Yeah, you've never had Hacker Shore? It's got a sweet smell. It's got a really sweet smell. Oh. Almost like a caramel to it. Hacker Shore is a really good beer. It's it's delicious. It's like It's a, got a different flavor than what I was expecting. I don't know really what I was expecting here, but I wouldn't have guessed tasting this without having read it. I wouldn't have guessed a wheat beer necessarily. Maybe I would have. I yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't know that that would have been my first guess. So I second sip, I see a little more than the first one, but I thoroughly enjoy this beer. Yeah, so it's not bitter, as I mentioned. It's pretty smooth. There's still a little bit of bitterness to it. Yeah, it's fairly balanced, though, as far as flavors. I don't get an overwhelming of hops or grains or malt or anything in that. It feels pretty well balanced. Yeah. I had read it. it's unfiltered. It's, it's a really no. good beer. I will warn you, a lot of times there's a little bit of sediment that sticks in the bottom. When you're pouring, number one, pour slowly because it will have a tendency to create a large head. You might might be overflowing with beer if you pour too fast. 
not to mention keep the sediment out of, of your glass by you pour slowly, especially at the end there. I, I, I was first introduced to, to this beer probably 25 years ago. Mm. And it's definitely, it's up there as one of my favorite beers. I don't necessarily drink it all the time, but I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Incidentally, the, the third beer now is starting to hit a little bit. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty nice and, and toasty and warm here. Speaking of in the United States, we went through a stage in our beer history where beer for the most part was outlawed. In fact, it wasn't just beer, it was alcohol. Alcohol in general, right? Yeah. Obviously talking about prohibition. It was dark time in our history. Yeah. We obviously not the darkest time in our history, but definitely a dark time. Yes. We definitely fixed it. We mm -hmm. redeemed ourselves by reversing course. But yeah, I did not know this until just the other day that not all of the U.S. states recognized prohibition. There were two states that actually rejected it, Connecticut and Rhode Island. Cheers huh. to Connecticut and Rhode Island for trying to stand your ground. Even so after, you were able to drink the whole time? I, that I don't know. It became federal law that alcohol was banned, but technically alcohol wasn't completely illegal. Use of wine and like different religious services and clearly prescriptions. And I think that was a workaround for a lot of people. It was prescription medicine and it was just booze, which is smart. Yeah, yeah, so you could still get the alcohol. And of course, there was always bootlegging and, and whatnot and speakeasies and everything, right? Yeah. I think that would have been a cool time if you knew, if you, I guess if you knew the password, it could be a cool time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not cool enough to have, have probably have done all that. So I would have probably gone without. <laughs> so you're like, government says not to do it. I can't do it. Is that right? <laughs> interesting fact that I found as well beer was illegal in Iceland until 1989. So, oh, really? Yeah, you would think that'd be a country where they'd want, maybe they're doing more vodka or something. I don't know. Yeah, vodka or, yeah, Kahlua. Seems like a Kahlua kind of country. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come for the ice, stay for the Kahlua. I, That's their motto, isn't it? It's on all their tourism advertisements, right. yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I think we should dive a little bit into one of the beers that I think helped us cross over to the dark side mm -hmm. in, in one way or another. Here. So yes, you're talking about Guinness. I'm talking you? about Guinness. It is oh, yeah. by far one of the uh, most popular beers uh, and, and recognizable beers in, in the world. For those of you who have never. It was had, one of the first stouts that I've ever had. It for sure was the first stout I ever had. Their tasting notes, they claim there's malt, chocolate, and coffee. Now, are you a Guinness fan? You know, I was. When I when going back to pre craft beer, I did drink it and I would do the black and tans and everything else. Okay. Now I'm not. I don't go back to it as much. Having been exposed to bourbon barrel stouts and all these other really delicious stouts, right. I go back and it tastes too smoky to me and it's just not, it doesn't really have a lot of flavor profiles that come out to me as it used to. I feel like there's a lot of beers out there that are a lot more robust in, in the stout world than Guinness is. You can say better tasting. That's okay. My very first one, it was definitely my first out. I remember it. And I thought it was disgusting. I really totally disliked it on the first one. I later, like I said, I like stout. So it was, it became more tolerable to me, but mm -hmm. it is definitely, if, if that was the only stout that I ever had, I would have not yeah. had any stouts ever again. I pretty much didn't mind it right out of the gate. I remember the first one I had, I enjoyed, and, and I would order a Guinness every once in a while and, and drink that with no problems at all. So I didn't mind that from the get-go. I enjoy good black and tan. I think that's where Guinness is good for me. And yeah. like I previously mentioned, it was the Dragon's Milk Stout that, that got me. That was, as soon as I tried that, I'm like, yep, this is my beer. You always hear them saying, oh, it's a meal in the glass kind of stuff when you talk about Guinness. But 
surprisingly enough, it's not actually a lot of calories to it. In fact, Guinness has 125 calories per serving, whereas by comparison, Bud Light is 110. So it's only 15 more calories per serving than Bud Light. Um, not a really hefty beer when you really break it down. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. People are like, oh, I don't, I don't like stouts because they're so heavy. And I don't think Guinness is heavy. Mm-hmm. And I hate that's the image that people have of any stout. I used to say that to people. They're like, oh, I don't like a stout. I don't like stouts. I'm like, then you haven't tried the right one. Because right. once you get the right one, it hooks you. And I think that goes along for just beer in general. Like you can say, I don't like beer, but there's so many varieties out there that, you know, everything, like you said, Pilsners or Hefeweizen or IPAs or stouts and like something out there has got a, there's fruit beers, you know, there's all these things out there right. that people that you may not even be aware of. And um, just like sodas, you know, you, you may not be a Mountain Dew person, but you love root beer. And so finding your beer is, it could be a quest if that's something you're into. It's like finding the right person. They're out there. Right. They're <laughs> out there. Exactly. <laughs> There's my PSA right for everybody. There's somebody for you. <laughs> Did you ever get the Guinness Book of World Records when you were a kid at the, at the book fair? You know what? I never bought it. I've never owned one. Mm-hmm. I definitely checked it out at the library. It was always one of those. You remember the, like, the book fair they'd have at school? It was always one that the rich kids got because it was like, here, this is... <laughs> You know, $15 for the Guinness Book of World Records. And I'm like, I got four. Right. So I'm getting a which way book and maybe a stick of gum. And, and this is what I'm doing. Choose your own adventure <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never was able to get the Guinness uh, World Records, but I always enjoyed reading them. Oh. They were so thick, like a, a book like that. Now that they're almost like, a, like an encyclopedia type of thing. Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. But, yeah, I, I would always enjoy reading and leaking through those. And I have this image of, I'm picturing a German church where they've you know got this huge version of the bible you know folded out right you're like <laughs> that's, what, that's this, right like this, this is the image of the guinness book of world records that i have in my head like oh it's just a database on some server farm somewhere right now anymore <laughs> guinness book of world records in case you don't know is is recognized as the authority on record-breaking achievements in the world um it started out in the early 1950s as a book of facts to solve arguments in pubs. This guy named Sir Hugh Beaver, who was the managing director of the Guinness Brewery, he was at a shooting party one time, and uh, they were having arguments about fastest game birds in Europe, and they couldn't find the answer. So it, he sparked this idea of collecting some of these answers as more of a trivia kind of thing than anything else to help solve problems and arguments when you're drinking a lot so that's awesome there you go that's awesome yeah of course the correct answer for the fastest game bird depends on whether or not they are carrying coconuts on the strings (laughs) or not so (laughs) african or european (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) so there you go that's what i found out about the guinness book of world records i thought that was cool i did find a whole bunch of fun little random facts about beer i got some too here oh um yeah yeah just go down the list yeah let's do it what's your first one andre the giant you remember the wrestler the guy was huge anyway seven feet four 520 pounds on a he was a good day (laughs) on a good day right he was a huge drinker and i don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him holding a beer but it's almost like him holding a thimble in his hand it's the regular beer for us wasn't even close to to stuff so it doesn't surprise me that, uh, that he could drink and put away quite a bit but I guess his record is 119 beers in six hours. Holy fuck. Which, yeah. <laughs> like, four for me is, okay, I'm out. Yeah. I'm good now. <laughs> for six hours? Yeah. Like, some of the ones that we drink, four or five is is probably it. Well, hell, we've been talking about this for only a little bit of, uh, less than an hour, and I'm already very buzzed uh, on yeah. just the three beers we've had so far. Yeah. Uh, 119 beers in six hours. I guess after that binge, he right. passed out in the hotel lobby. Lobby, the staff couldn't move him at all, so they just covered him with a piano cover <laughs> and let him sleep it off. I don't know. I would want to mess with waking up on yeah. the giant beer, <laughs> right. uh, a drunk under the giant. Either, hey, buddy, so. <laughs> you need to go upstairs. <laughs> hey, little guy, time to go see bees. Hey, fella. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I did find, and it's not necessarily beer related, but xenosilicophobia is the fear of an empty beer glass. I don't know if it's actually a beer glass or just an empty glass. 
Xenosilicophobia. Nailed it twice. That sounds like something we should all have. <laughs> like, why would you want an empty glass? Yeah. The saying, beer is proof that God loves us by Benjamin Franklin. Did you hear that one? Yeah. yeah. Proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. You see it on t-shirts yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, not what he said. He actually was referring to wine. Uh, probably more of the general alcohol is, yeah. that, is my guess. <laughs> but we decided to be selective hearing on that one and call it beer. Yeah, which is interesting, actually, because I would imagine back in his heyday, it was probably cider, as mm, we discussed yeah. in previous episodes. Nice. Yeah, there's a brewery, Schloss Starkenberger Brewery in the Austrian Say that Alps. One. Yeah, I, that one I butchered. Starkenberger. It's, Stark. a, it's a, a brewery that's located in a castle, and apparently they actually nice. have... Beer sword fighting. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you were gonna say they actually had sword fighting in there. <laughs> I, I suppose you could while do you're that drinking, <laughs> you could get into a suit of armor that's filled with beer, oh. <laughs> just swim around in it. Well, if you I don't know to. about that, awesome. but, but that'd be fun. All right, no, they have swimming pools that are full of beer, and you can literally oh, go they swim. actually do swim around in it. Yes, you can swim in this oh. bath of beer. I've had beer showers before, nice. but never a bath of beer. I did the beer shower once as well. I don't, it didn't wow me. It was like, okay, this is great. This is novel. I'm drinking a beer in a shower. You had a All shower right. beer, not a beer shower. shower beer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I had uh, a shower beer. No, yes. beer showers. Like when you do that stupid dick trick where you, you, nope, that, <laughs> nope, we'll start over. <laughs> Ooh. That stupid dick trick. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> My cousin and I, one time, we touched wieners. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Sorry, that Try was again. There's that, that dick move that people do where they take their the bottom of their bottle and they tap the top of your beer bottle and it oh, causes all your okay. beer to you know spew out. That's gotcha. a, a shower of beer. But yes, I've seen that where people actually sell... They sell little cup holders, a suction cup inside your shower, so you oh, can hold okay. your beer. It's supposed nice. to be good I for your hair that. as well, is what I've been told. I've not, really? I have not tried it. I think on a Saturday afternoon, you just got in from on the lawn, and you're like still finishing your beer. Fuck it, I'm just gonna bring it in to the shower and, and can finish my drink and cool off. Why not? Yeah, I get it. I'm not knocking it. Did you know that there are some McDonald's that they can buy beer in as well? I did know that actually. That one I knew. Did you? I did. Nice. Okay. Having lived in Germany. There. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Actually, now that you say that, because I remember being in the Netherlands and saw that you can do that too as well. There you go. So France, Germany, Portugal, South Korea, there are actually 15 different countries uh, that you can actually order uh, a beer with your Big Mac and fries if you want to. Let me tell you how many times I've been having a Big Mac and fries and said, what would make this better is a beer. (laughs) A beer. <laughs> Not once did that phrase ever come out. I don't out know, though, mind. man. I can say that I would think that a good, a good hearty, maybe even one of these beers we drank today here with the McDonald's, they have the, the little bit salty stuff, so it probably would complement it nicely. Uh, you know what? Maybe. Just stay out of the ball pit, though. You can't go play, <laughs> don't, don't, don't go play in the playground at that point. Oh. Get in a fight with Grimace. <laughs> Kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Big old purple motherfucker. Come on. Kick your ass, man. <laughs> hey, did you know it is illegal to show somebody drinking in a commercial in the United States? Mm-hmm. I did, actually, working in marketing. We we don't deal with that kind of stuff, uh, that subject anyway, but I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's illegal to show it, and I think you can't even show it like being consumed on TV or something like that. Uh, I don't know the exact law, but... Yeah, that one, I don't know about that. I know that when you see a beer commercial, you'll never see anybody drinking it in the commercial. Now, they do stupid no. things like they're toasting and whatever else, but not drinking it. Gotcha. Yeah. I did find out that there was an AI beer that was, yeah, that was I, created. Oh, that's this is cool. I wouldn't mind trying this one out. Whistle Boy Brewery in Victoria, Canada, basically went to the AI search engines and said, all right, build me a beer. And they tasked it to to not only pull together the ingredients and come together with the recipe, and this is what we do, but also pick out the name, design the label, design the the saying. Yeah, I even wrote this Robo Beer, which is what, they, what it named itself. 
RoboBeer is a hazy pale ale bursting with tropical flavors and a smooth finish. That's the AI's description of the beer. Wow. So I wonder how it knows. <laughs> They're taking over, man. There you go. Yeah, there taking you go. <laughs> I would like to try that, though. I think that sounds like kind of fun. I'd, I'd be interested yeah, in seeing it. It'd be worth it checking it with. out. Now, it didn't actually brew yeah. the beer, just saying. But it came up with all the steps. Here's how you do it. Here's its design. What ingredients, what hops. Which, by the way, going back to brewing, once we got into that, I started really spending some time crafting what ingredients I put into the beer and what hops I'm going to pair with it. Because it's very interesting. You can get different flavor profiles out of different hops, strains, different hop oils out of different grains and malts and things like that. And even the time, the amount of time you put on a beer or let it sit uh, and steep changes the, the flavor. And so it's very interesting. It's very scientific. That's why there's so many varieties of beer out, beers out there that are similar and different and close, but not quite the same. It's just because little variations and little straying from the recipe makes a huge difference. Well, and we might've talked about it before, but you can give two different brewers the exact same recipe or the exact same ingredients in the amount. And mm -hmm. the beers that they brew can come out completely different from each other. Or, or at least not identical yeah. because there's all timing and you know this and I know this, but it, you put the hops in at, with five minutes left, you put some hops in or you put some in at the beginning of the boil or whatever it might be. And it completely changes the outcome that you get. So. Yeah. Yeah. You and I actually did that the one time we brewed a beer and then I took a gallon home with me and you took a gallon and we then let them sit for a little bit. It fermented them in different places, different temperatures and everything else. And they tasted Different. There's a difference in taste next to each other. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Even though it's the same beer we brewed, just the fact that it was it, it steeped and kept in a different temperature, different light, everything else, it's crazy. Yeah. I definitely think that that is a future episode. We didn't get into brewing a whole lot today. We yeah. danced around it a little bit, and I think that we will do an episode in the not-too-distant future that is more about brewing Specific. and the different... I agree different processes and or processes or whatever different ways to come up with this amazing concoction that we enjoy yeah did you know slugs and snails love beer <laughs> yeah you know what actually i did <laughs> actually it doesn't surprise me you do actually because of your gardening and that kind of stuff you do yeah but yeah i read somewhere that if you have slugs or snails, and they're bothering your garden or your whatever else, put a small little shallow container of beer out at night, and they will flock to it and drink it up and get drunk and leave fun little slimy messages for you in the sidewalk in the morning. So. Curse you. <laughs> huh. That was weird. Yeah. Why would he write that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Got one more little tidbit for you. Do you know why we say cheers and clink our glasses together with other people? I always thought it was like shaking hands a little bit. Here you go. Yeah. I think, it, I think it is in a way. It's It's been rumored that it was established as a way to prove that your drink, that your beer that was given to you was not poisoned. So by, oh, by clinking your yes. mugs together and spilling beer from one into the other and vice versa, if you poison my beer and we do this, now, yeah, now you're going to be poisoned too. So if we do that, I you don't that drink. I heard that as well too. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're not drinking, motherfucker, then <laughs> not cool. I heard that too, yeah. It's almost like you're showing that, hey, you have no ill will towards this other person by clinking your beers hard enough together to let the beer splash and, and co-mingle. I'm like, you know, beer brothers or blood brothers. Beer brothers. I'll be your, I'll be your beer brother. <laughs> Deal. All right. So why don't we, why don't we send this right out on. with a uh, couple different ways we can butcher foreign languages, different ways to say cheers in, in some different, different languages. Ways to say cheers. Let's do it. Apparently, Chin Chin is Italian. Did not, chin chin. Chin, it sounds not Italian, but chin. Yeah, like C H E E N, chin. Yep, there you go. Hmm. And uh, right I know I've heard of obviously salute or prost. Yeah, those are uh, Spanish and German. Lechaim, I've heard of. Who? Lechaim. 
Oh, Jewish? Yeah. Kenpai is Japanese. Okay. And Saw Odi is Portuguese. So, yeah. And then... Of course, America. Cheers. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this dive into beer, what we enjoy about it, the facts that we learn, and thanks for sticking around. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it and learned a few things about beer and maybe even got inspired to go try a couple different things. We definitely appreciate you being here and Bare minimum, going you should, on the journey with us. You, you should have learned some interesting facts that you could impress your beer-drinking friends with. So, yeah. There you go. Let's see. Anger, Anger yep. was the first beer that we tried today. Yep. Uh Second beer that we tried was the Spotten Oktoberfest. That I think was my favorite one from today. That was my favorite uh, of the three. Uh, my favorite was the Heckershore, the Weiss beer. So mm-hmm. that was decent too. I, yeah, I, all three of them really good. Yeah, I enjoy it. And in case you missed it, we did a little nod to Germany and Oktoberfest since that is going on right now. So that's mm-hmm. why we thought it was important to get this episode out to you if you're out there shout out to our fellow Oktoberfestians. awesome be sure to keep an eye out for aaron's <laughs> Oktoberfest outfit that i got him this is going to be uh, i will post it <laughs> i'm going to have a picture we'll make sure it's on follow us on social to see that one our untapped account is aysm underscore show can't do dots apparently underscore show come be our friend on untapped follow what we're drinking Yes, indeed. And if you like what you hear, make sure you follow us and like us on all of your social channels and wherever you, you listen to your podcast. You can go to AYSM.show to learn more about us, learn more about our episodes, learn more about some of the beers we're drinking, and just go there and learn Do it, man. a ton of shit there. There's a lot of stuff there to learn. We talk about, a lot about beer in this episode. As a reminder, we encourage responsible alcohol consumption and ask that you make informed decisions when purchasing and consuming alcohol. Yes, please drink responsibly. Do not drink and drive. If you're listening to this podcast while you're driving, do not drink it. And even if you are drink, no, do not drink this podcast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, man. These beers have hit me pretty well. So I'm going to, I'm going to sign off here with that. Be responsible. Don't drink and drive. Love your friends and your neighbors. Listen to AYSM. Those are the key things in life that you need to be following. So Check us out, AYSM.show. Shout out to all the three beers we came in today. And tune in next time because we're going to be talking about 